sorry, my friend. He's a bad cop. I'm a good cop. Okay. You can trust me. I won't be on the show. I'm gonna be on the show. I'm gonna be the star of the show. You started off as the bad cop, so now you're the good one. Hope this movie doesn't suck ass. It will. <laughs> now you're the good cop. Oh my god. The moral is you're a total bitch. How are you holding up? Because I'm a potato. It certainly does suck. Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Hope you boys brought popcorn. Cause I'm about to put on a show. Welcome to another episode of Good Pop, Bad Pop with MNT, your purveyors of life hacks for your media diet. Happy International Podcast Day, Em. How are you doing? I'm great. Happy International Podcast Day to you. Thank you. Yeah. So, uh, being International Podcast Day, congrats on listening to one. Huzzah! What are some of your favorite podcasts, T? Right. So, I'm relatively new to the podcast game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something very sad and significant happened recently. I became old. Yeah. The music tipped. Music's done. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah, I'm like, music's always great. You're crazy. But not in the last six months, I had to turn off the radio. Yeah. So the next evolution in a listening young person's life is podcasting. Mm. Started off with the, I don't know, you call them classics at this point. Uh, I started with Serial, most streamed podcast of all time. Probably Mm -hmm. still is, as far as I know. So that was True Crime. Yeah. That put me onto The Teacher's Pet, mm-hmm. which is basically like the... Australian version. The Sydney version <laughs> of The Teacher's Pet. And that was riveting. Of cereal, um, yeah. Yeah, because that's all happening right now. Mm. So where a serial was a mystery, but there was nothing to really change. You could argue the guy got a bad trial or whatever, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. With Teacher's Pet, a guy got away with murder. Mm. And it's amazing. And... They're, you know, starting to think now we should investigate this further. But anyway, so we started off with a bit of true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, got into one called Bitcoin 101. Started that. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> I was Go a rich on. nerd for a few months. Um, How's that working out for you? <laughs> well, now I am not a rich nerd. So Just rich in knowledge. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that was a good podcast to talk about Bitcoin and mm-hmm. just, just to understand what the heck it was. Yeah. Another one is Blogging the Boys podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Also, I didn't know they actually had a podcast. Yeah, it's sort of new, but a good time-saving thing for me. Dallas sucked this year, yeah. so I don't have to listen to that podcast, so I'll free. Easy. Done. Yeah, free time there. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I currently quite like is called The Dollop. It's a very successful podcast. There are 300 episodes in. Um, it's two comedians and mm-hmm. talking about, I guess, American history for the most part. One of them comes in with a story, a theme of the day or a yeah. famous person and tells it to the other one. And right. it's funny in that, you know, a lot of weird stuff has happened in history. Mm. It's also really riveting some of these stories. So some are just funny things that had happened. Uh, there's an episode called Tencent Beer Night about... Mm-hmm. How a ten cent beer night caused a basically a riot in Ohio one year. <laughs> mm, is that one of your favorite episodes? Yes. Nice. Um, but others are educational and mortifying. Like there's episodes on the Iraq War, on Donald Trump, and just their histories. And yeah. like those two aren't related that I know of. <laughs> but mm. uh, you know, just things. And yeah, it's good. Mm. Um, also, shout out to an episode called Burke and Wills. It's very popular in Australia, and they came down and did this episode in Australia with Will Anderson. Cool. And they talked about Burke and Wills, who are sort of famous Australian explorers. Yeah. Uh-huh. And we, don't, I didn't know much about it, but 
when they talked about it, it was like I was watching a Will Ferrell and a C. Riley movie. It was <laughs> like a, such a comedy of errors. They were such bad explorers making the worst decisions. Anyway, they're Australia's most famous explorers. So, so uh, pitch to Will Ferrell if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, the Burke and Will's the movie. Forget this Sherlock reboot. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, how about you, Em? What, what do you listen to? easily pleased in the podcast realm I, I just like listening to celebs talk about shit unfiltered uh so my favorite podcast uh is probably unqualified by anna faris anna anna, uh, anna. Not, not anna or anna it's or una. anna or una or michelle it's anna no it's not anna it's anna <laughs> anna I'm not very good at this. Anna Faris of Scary Movie fame. Anna Faris, yes. Uh, so she pretty much hosts a podcast with her friend Sim Sana, and they give unqualified advice to callers who write in, and they always have a celebrity guest. Um, and what I like about it is they're normally just, you know, celebrities from TV and movie shows that I love just rocking up to her house and just talking shit for a while until eventually they're like, oh, we should probably get to some segments or something. And it's just really nice hearing... Um, you know, I mean, whenever you see, like, a famous person or someone you love on something like Letterman or whatever the actual relevant late-night TV show version <laughs> of that is. Uh, but, you know, on some kind of late-night show or something, you can still tell that they're kind of filtered. They've got to say the stuff that their publicist has to say, plus they've got to say what they're allowed to say on TV. Yeah, what do you think of your new movie? I love my new movie. Everyone should go see my new movie. Uh, that too. And, you know, you can't say penis or anything like that on TV. So um, Unless it's in the movie. Well, yeah, but that's not... TV that's movie broadcaster. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it's great to just sort of see people be completely themselves and unfiltered. And I really like that. And you get kind of a cool kind of uh, backdoor lens about celeb life, uh, you know, what it's like on set, you know, just talking crap. And, and I really like that. So plus, you know, the advice they give is also really good. And people that you don't think would give amazing advice to people are fantastic. Like Charlie Day was gave really great relationship advice to someone. I was like, yeah, you go, Charlie Day. So, um, yeah, it's really good. So I love that one. Plus, it's really funny. Um, another podcast I really like is uh, Homegrown, Australian podcast for uh, all your gaming needs, Hungry Gamers, which has uh, my good friend, Miss Ellie Hart, and friends, Brendan, and so on, NATO and whatnot. And um, this is good hearing some local people talk about what games they're playing, what they're like, what's new. And it's a great way to get good gaming news as well. So I quite like it. Uh, that's probably my favorite gaming podcast. And as well as that, um, not that I'm much into Apple and Mac and all that bizzo, but Aussie Mac Zone is another good one for all your Apple and Mac news needs, which is uh, also has a friend of mine in it. So yeah, there's a lot of good local podcasts happening as well. So it's nice to sort of see some Australian ones getting... Um, getting around there. So they're probably my favourites. Although other ones that I've also enjoyed is um, ones like the Philosopher's Arms, which is, I forget who actually does that. I think it's a BBC one as well. Um, and they hold this like philosophy conversation with somebody in the Philosopher's Arms bar or pub or whatever. And it's just really interesting philosophical questions, you know, like if you had one kid and one kid was a robot, would you turn a robot off to save money going into a theme park? <laughs> what are the ethics around? I think that was that one. Maybe that was a different one. Oh, and, you know, what's the difference between a cake and a biscuit? Because the ingredients are the same and this whole philosophy about what's in a name. And it was just really interesting. And I, I really liked um, 
hearing that one too. So I think they're my favorite podcast. Density. Biscuits are dense. Well, look, you can write to them and have that conversation. Well, it sounds like they've already had it and I wasn't consulted. Oh, well. Damn. (laughs) So that's International Podcast Day, filling the void of Betamax Day, which isn't getting a good run anymore. It is also another kind of day today. Do you know what kind of day it is today? You're suggestively drinking a coffee, so... (laughs) So is it International Coffee Day? It is International Coffee Day. I feel this is the segue I need to out you, Em. Um, Dear listeners, Em's basic. She has been going on about pumpkin spice lattes for months, and they're now back this week. And how many have you drunk this week, Em? Only three. It has been out for six days, and it's been three days since my last PSL, and I'm having some withdrawals. So, so you had one every day for the first three days? Oh, yeah, yeah. The oh, first three days that our, our local Starbucks was open, I was like, hey. W- w- were you wearing leggings? Did you Instagram it? Were Sadly. You... I Instagrammed every single one. Um, <laughs> were you hashtag blessed? I wasn't hashtag blessed. I was hashtag PSL life. Hashtag basic. Hashtag... Did you hashtag Sunday, basic? Right. Yeah, I, I did hashtag I don't basic. Think, I don't think you get a pass if you just own it. Well, tough shit. I'm owning it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, basic, think, that, yo. I don't think it gives you a pass. Well, uh, look, honestly, I didn't have a PSL three days in a row. I had a PSL two days in a row. And you're shaking. Look at you. And the last day, I had a pumpkin spice frappuccino. So <laughs> it's, it's different. And it's today, different. It's icy. Yeah, it was. It was a very lovely day. And today, I'm having a gingerbread latte to fill the void. So and tomorrow you're having diabetes and a PSL. Good time for me. They can put insulin straight in the coffee. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's all you need. It's all wrapped up in one neat little package, <laughs> one spiced pumpkin-y package. So on today's show, we have reviews for Maniac, the new show on Netflix, um, American Vandal season two. M's mm-hmm. been watching engrossed and we'll give you a rundown of that yeah. as usual we'll have some news headlines at the end of the show uh but for right now what are you watching em what's on tv uh well as you mentioned i just finished american vandal season two and more on that later uh, i've also just been re-watching a couple of faves to fill in the time so i've been re-watching um crazy ex-girlfriend because that comes back in a couple of weeks and um i wasn't having enough musical in my life so i've just been re-watching some of that um great show and took me a while to get into it but i'm really enjoying that uh what else i've been watching a few things that have been coming out i've also just started um the first episode of life is strange 2 Mm. now i wasn't going to i was going to wait until all the episodes came out because that's one thing i don't like about episodic games is that if i wait and play each chapter as it comes out i do not remember what i did the last time because i've as I've established previously, I have the memory of a sieve, so... Uh, That's what I always felt was funny on back on Telltale. They did it previously on whatever game you were playing. It's very helpful. But I mean, if you played them all in a row, it was stupid. It was like marathoning a show where they didn't cut out the previously on. And you're like, I know, I just watched it. I know what I'm about, son. Well, yeah, that's, they do that on Netflix too sometimes. Um, so... Yeah, so I, I wasn't going to just play the first episode, but I couldn't resist because everyone's talking about it. And I didn't realize uh, it's also new characters and everything. So one th- one of the reasons that was also holding me back is I thought, oh, I haven't actually finished the prequel yet to Life is Strange. So I thought I'll finish that. And then by the time I finish that, I'll, you know, Life is Strange 2 will all be out, all the episodes, all five episodes. Um, but as it turns out, 
all new characters bar apparently some minor crossovers of you know background characters so I thought well shit I'm going to get on it now so I've started playing that and um a bit too early to really say a whole lot about it but um I like it so far so uh straight away it throws you right into a good soundtrack and those emotive kind of uh life is strange vibes so um yeah a lot of those things are already staying true so that's really good to see uh that's about all i've been up to this week what have you been up to what have you been watching doing playing reading seeing um what did i do fishing fishing no no fishing can you fish in the witcher i don't think so uh i wrapped up my god of war new game plus plus give me god of war difficulty playthrough excellent yep my thumbs We'll need a little bit of time to recover. Like mm-hmm. I told you, you got a special little shield when you finished it on the hardest difficulty. And that, I did. That's nice. Yeah, but now there's nothing else to play. I booted up the remaster of God of War 3 just mm. to have a look. Um, but it's hard to go backwards coming from such a masterpiece as... Especially those graphics too. Yeah. Yeah. Giving, you know, coming from that masterpiece of the current God of War to mm. God of War 3. I might play it just for the vengeance porn aspect of it. Yeah. Because it's pretty funny. Um, but I have embarked on my replay of The Witcher, um, Witcher 3, and like all these games, the modding community goes nuts on it, so I've spent, like, days just trying to find the right mods, <laughs> but anyway, that's embarking. Yeah. What did, uh, we watched, I watched Crank last night, Ugh. Jason Statham, on a recommendation from, um, Jason Mantazakis, who, this was on Honor, Faris's Unqualified, yeah. podcast he was talking about crank i didn't know anything about it is like oh it's that movie where you know he has to keep his heart rate up or he dies and it's like i mean that's the plot of speed but it's a person that's the part that got me intrigued i was like huh yeah so it's a movie where it's speed with a person anyway it's not very good it's but... very very bad and does not age well no no but what i really want to talk about tv's back some shows had already started, but this week's TV's back. marked the kickoff of back the new... I don't know, is it a rating season? What is it? But, I don't know. Um, just TV. Yeah. So all the shows coming back last week, this week, next week, which is On great. season TV, I On guess. season. Not off season. Um, so Good Place resumed. Love yep. The Good Place. I yep, cannot yep. talk about The Good Place because it's such a... I don't know. Not twist-heavy show, but just... I'm going to talk about uh, the most recent episode of The Good Place. Not really any spoilers, so don't... Stress if you have not seen the first episode back yet. Um, what I will say is that it, some of it takes place in Australia. Um, again, there's no context for this, so spoiler free. Um, but there's a lot of buzz on the internet about it at the moment because uh, everyone's talking about how bad the accents are, how bad the Australian accents were, and they were really bad. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I didn't notice at the time. I just assumed oh, I it was a bad Australian accent. But, but now you mention it. Here's what's interesting is that a lot of people on Twitter think that these bad accents are maybe intentional and that it's a clue for something. Huh. Yes. Yeah, well, so. we can't talk about that. That's plot stuff. Well, yeah. But uh, well, but if, you're, if you've already seen the previous season, you kind of know what's going on. Right. So um, people are like, oh, is it a clue? Are they still here? Are they over here? Are they in this place? And um, it's kind of interesting to think that... What is re- in the reality is just people struggling with accents. Uh, people are really pulling it apart, hidden clues, interesting stuff. I like uh, to think that they could be. I think it's just bad accents. But it probably is, yeah, just the fact that um, people can never do Australian accents very well. 
Uh, anyway, so that's been a bit of a buzz on Twitter. So that's what's been happening news for that. All right. Uh, what else is back? Always Sunny in Philadelphia continues. Mm-hmm. South Park's back. That was a crazy episode of South Park. Um, they they had a crack at the school shooting thing. And their punchline was, everyone is so jaded and bored of school shootings that everyone ignores it. They've got, they're in class doing fractions and there's a school shooting happening at South Park Elementary. And everyone's ignoring it, just talking over the gunshots because it was so day-to-day and it was scathing satire and hilarious in a grim, sad kind of way. But yeah, responses to that are mixed. But um, Complaints are coming in hot yeah, and heavy the, to the Comedy whole, Central, the whole as you would expect. The whole theme this season is hashtag cancel South Park. I think they're going to swing for the fences and try and get it cancelled again. Yeah, I think, they're, I think just... they're looking for an out to retire, to be honest. Oh, probably. But I think they're just going to push the envelope as far as they can get it until someone's like, hey, stop. And they'll be like, there it is. There's the line. Now we know. Let's keep let's keep trying to cross it, though. Because <laughs> that's um, how they do. Big Bang Theory's kicked off to, re- to complete its final season. Now, Big Bang Theory fell pretty hard out of vogue and is mm. not a good show... But I don't know, I've just not been able to quit quit it. Like, I chuckle. Well, we've come at, this far. Yeah, I, I mean... chuckle at the gags and go, this show's terrible. But I'm, I'm laughing, does that count? I don't know, it's pretty bad. Um, they've announced this is the final season, so... All... I don't know what the end game for this kind of show is, but they're heading towards it. Um, I think I figured out why it's so bad. It's... Penny and Leonard have no chemistry. Ever. Like... No one buys it. No one ever well, has. they've now switched over into the classic long-term couple banter, which is very played out and very not interesting. And they sort of joke about, oh, they're not going to work and all this stuff. But that's, like, I don't know. It's not entertaining. Yet I watch it. Whatever. Um, Goldberg's yes. is back. Strong Goldberg's start, sitcom always. set in the 80s. It's, it's that 70s show, but it's the, that 80s show. Not the actual that 80s show. That was bad. That was bad. But Dennis from Always Sunny was in it. Anyway, mm. total tangent. Mm. Um, what I did want to talk about, because something that very interesting happened on Always Sunny this episode, and I want to talk about long-running TV shows that have to address the fact that they've become dated. All right. All right. Now, the most uh, media-popularized version of this was on The Simpsons, and I think a documentary came out called The Problem with Apu. Yeah. Because Apu being a stereotype of an Indian man. Um, and what the, the Simpsons barely addressed it. They just said, well, this was cool 20 years ago and he's an established character and, you know, you're just going to have to deal with it. And I thought that was interesting because a few shows have had to do this mm. recently and do it in a bunch of different ways. So The Simpsons just went, we made this character now 30 years ago as they're heading to season 30 and we can't really rejigger the Apu character at this point so suck it up other shows that have done this is um south park they did a whole season arc with pc principal i really enjoyed the um dvd commentary for that season how they talk about why and how they made pc principal yeah to address this sort of stuff and he was the character that was the voice of the current day, I don't know, let's call it political climate, and he just called out every aspect of the show that was terrible in terms of that sort of stuff. So, you know, um, I forget the character's name, but anyway, he runs the City Walk and is a, you know, a 
stereotypical Asian man running an Asian takeaway food place mm. and PC principals just yelling, this isn't cool. You can't do this anymore. This is hyper racist. <laughs> like, and well, it was funny. They just had a they, business as usual, but they just have a their own character calling them out so yeah. they can call themselves out on their own terms and get laughs from it. And I thought that was interesting. Mm. What brought this up was um, two things. So this week on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the bar gets listed, Patty's Pub gets listed as a unfriendly place for women. And so they get sent to one of those, you know, HR training sessions where they have the counselor. And this is, you know, appropriate workplace conversation. Mm. And they systematically pull all their characters apart saying, you're all horrible people. There's, you know, sexual assault, there's consent issues and all sorts of stuff. And they did it all sort of on their terms, showing that this show, you know, doesn't age well in this sort of climate and it was you know played to much comedic effect Mm. another example is in the goldbergs this week there was adam's 16th birthday so they did a 16 candles homage and they're talking about yeah we'll have the big party like in 16 candles it'll be our 16 candles thing and adam's friend who's a asian kid is like yes dave kim Kim." is like we're not going to do the long duck dong thing and like oh why not like we're just not going to do it and it was just sort of this homage that that character was kind of racist and, the 80s just and it was in general the 80s. were pretty racist yeah <laughs> and it was sort of funny like we're not we're not doing that and no more was said but there was just sort of the implication that yeah, that's not cool we can't do that part yeah. anymore and i don't know it was just funny to me but um yeah so tv's back all the shows are coming back and everything's looking strong mm. but yeah that's what i've been watching this week nice Nice. All right. So first up, we're going to do... M's going to review American Vandal for us after the break. Welcome back. M, I've not watched either season of American Vandal. Give me a quick rundown. What's happening? Okay. So American Vandal, to give you an idea, it's a um, great satire show... Uh, mockumentary, if you will, uh, made in the same vein as Making a Murderer. Um, now, what's great about it is the first season is about um, you know, high schoolers and it's all about who drew the dicks on teachers' cars and maybe student cars. Unsure. Anyways, so, uh, you know, they, they go through in a very true crime documentary type way, you know, interrogating this person, that person, new evidence, and so on. Uh, I loved season one. It was so good and so perfect, and it just left you wanting more. Every episode, you're like, who drew the dicks? I have to know. And you just, you know, you go through all your different theories on your own. You're like, oh my god, it's got to be this person. No, wait, it's this person. No, it's totally this first person. It's all a conspiracy. And you get really wrapped up in it. So, when I so, heard the, so it's like the format of all these true crime things, making murder a serial, all these like... Well, that's what I just said, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And so they, they did that psychological thing to make you like, oh, yeah, and with they, a completely fictional well, we, crime. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and they over something that's, you know, so trivial as just, you know, graffiti, vandalism. And it was just done really, really well. Um, so I was obsessed with season one. So when I heard they were doing a season two... Um, I mean, I really wanted to see kind of like a part two of season one, but for a bunch of reasons, they couldn't really do that. Plus, it is kind of nice to just sort of keep that as, you know, its own kind of consolidated story. 
So they um, went with a new story in a new high school. Uh, they sort of start off season two by saying how they've become prolific by being a Netflix show and uh, so on. And so they got a bunch of different inquiries, you know, come check out this story and this story. Yeah, so it was very meta. Oh, it's a very meta show. So they're very, like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was that was really funny, uh, especially some of the jokes that they talk about in how Netflix funding improved some of the 3D graphics, and it was, <laughs> uh, it was really good. Um, now, with season two, and I, I may have had this issue in season one, but I can't quite remember, is it the, the middle is quite slow. Um, I mean, I, I sort of recall in season one, every episode going, no, it was this person, no, it was this person, no, it was this person. And, you know, trying to figure out, you know, who, who drew the dicks. Uh, whereas this time I was like, oh, it's, you know, obviously this person. And it didn't really leave me with the with the who done it after each episode like season one did. Um, how, however, many epi- how many episodes in a season? Oh, 10 or 12. At 40 minutes? I can't remember, right. probably. Um yeah, they're not super long episodes, um, but from about season, after, sorry, from about episode six, it really pulled me back in for the last, um, it must be 10, because I'm pretty sure it was the last three episodes, three or four episodes, uh, really pulled me in. There's lots of twists and turns from there, so it, it did pick up again and was rewarding, because by the time I was sort of in the middle of the show, I'm like, nah, this shit, I'm not. <laughs> um, that's a pun, because the... the uh, the vandalism that occurs in season two is called the brownout and um, someone spikes something in a school cafeteria, everyone shits themselves, um, and it's by someone called the turd burglar. So they're trying to figure out who that is. And, yeah, so, um, but what was really funny is when I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, okay, let's pull apart why I'm not finding season two as funny. And I thought, okay, well, is it that there's no surprise element anymore? Because, you know, season one was the first time I'd sort of, well, anyone's kind of made a true crime one that I know of that I'd seen. Um, So is it because it wasn't the first time watching this sort of thing anymore? And then I thought, well, is it because dick jokes are funnier than poo jokes? Is that what that is? And I'm like, why do I find that more funny? Is that what it is? Is it because everybody poops? but I don't have a penis, and so dick jokes are funnier to me. And I was really, you know, I got into this really existential kind of thing, like, why are dick jokes funnier than poo jokes? It's a, it's a question for the ages. We could dedicate a whole podcast to it. Dicks versus poop. <laughs> Tweet at us. <laughs> Tweet what, us. What's funnier, penises or poops? Good pop underscore bad pop. Dick jokes or poop jokes. Tell us your preference. <laughs> And so, um, yeah, and then I thought, like, is it because poo jokes are kind of lazy, like toilet humor? Oh, everybody poos. But dick jokes are hilarious. Why is that? Is it some kind of, like, patriarchal bullshit kind of thing that makes it funnier or something? <laughs> Let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> is it, and is it because I don't have a dick and that makes it more mysterious? And so I got really kind what of... What if they were drawing lady bits on the cars? Would it still be funny? It'd be hilarious. It'd be funnier because no one does that. So and funny. everyone would not be able to draw them. If the perpetrator was a male, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, that's a whole other problem, isn't it? So, um, yeah, anyway, so I got very existential <laughs> about what makes a funny joke. <laughs> Is it poop or peens? Poop or peens. Hashtag poop or peens. So, so would you recommend? 
I would recommend. So like I said, uh, slow in the middle, but from episode six, it ramped up and it got all crazy. And I'm like, all right. Yep. So by the time it finished, I was like, yeah, okay, this was, this was pretty good. So definitely do recommend season two of American Vandal if you have not yet seen. Would it be enough to get you someone like me to go back and watch one? You think one, I should start off at one. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of it is that, uh, if you do have a preference of people peeing jokes, <laughs> you can pick your seasons accordingly. Not uh, not a mistake, I think, that season two is about poo. Number twos. Have they said what season three would be about? I mean, I can only assume vomit. I mean, that's what a three is, right? Is it? Isn't it? Um, all right. Well, we can, we'll rank these in a later podcast. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the other show we watched this week, we uh, both have seen this, is Maniac on Netflix, mm. um, starring Emma Stone, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. and is it Justin Theroux? Yes. Yeah. I know the name, but anyway, he was in it too. Mm. Um, made by Fukunaga, who made True Detective. Mm. It was actually based off a Norwegian show. Mm, yeah. Go. I couldn't find any information on the Norwegian show. Didn't even have a wiki page. Ah, damn. So this is basically, you can call it original content at this point. Mm. Set the scene for us, Em. Tell us the setting for this show. All right. So it's like an 80s dystopia kind of alternate timeline i guess so it's kind of hard to establish whether or not this is in the future or just a different timeline set in 1980 something so um and as a result it gives a really amazing aesthetic um now i guess you could say you know at the core of it it's about two people with different kinds of mental illness going into like a you know big pharma type experiment to try to get better um than antics yeah things ensue so the 80 the eighties setting thing a lot of purples a lot of retro technology yeah i love that. um to me this show was very inception meets war games yeah 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 um i would say like a dash of blade runner vibes too for me mm. so they've taken sort of problems of our age mm. with um loneliness uh mental health and stuff but yeah there was Identity. no no technology to help it, but all the negatives are still there. So the bit I loved was um, someone goes to pay for something like, do you want to pay for money or do you want to use AdBuddy? And AdBuddy is exactly what it sounds like. A literal person rocks up and reads you ads for the next hour to pay for something. So It's like you... a different kind of pop-up ad. But yeah, it was like a in... real-life yeah. pop-up ad. There was lots of weird things like uh, services to... Um, fill in as someone's husband or wife, mm. someone to reenact friend a, a friend, yeah, friend encounter, yeah. and really a social kind of behavior. Mm. And so very grim. There's um, also, what, what the other thing I liked is um, Emma Stone's character's dad lived... Well, it's, it's hard to establish exactly what the relationship was with the box, but there's a big, you know, 80s-looking digital box in the backyard called an Avoid. <laughs> and she'd talk to it, and so it was unclear whether no, he, or not... he was in the box. Yeah. Well, the well, it was like it's there was a literal technology box you can live in. Well, if some you're people say that he was living in it. Other people just say she was talking to it. So it's hard to establish. But given the size of it, he could be cramped up inside it. So yeah, there's a lot of really cool, weird stuff like that. So they go into this pharmacological trial, which starts off quite vague, but with sort of the overall principles to. 
mentally heal you, to help mm. you reach catharsis, to replace therapy. And it does it by giving you a bunch of drugs and digging through your mind. And I don't know, it was all kind of vague and mysterious. Yeah. Um, the two two leads meet in this trial and go through all these, as you've probably seen in the trailer, all these alternate realities, simulated realities in the... Um... Well, they're, they're like dreamscapes. Yeah. Like it's not dream- necessarily it's very, different realities. Very like but... Inception. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 More like that. Hmm. Um, what did you think? Um... Look, for me, Maniac had all the pieces, but they just weren't stitched together right. So, like I said, I loved the aesthetic. And uh, while these sort of dreamscapes were kind of interesting and quirky, I think they took up too much time. Um, and they sort of, as a result, it took time away from this really weird 80s aesthetic, which I really loved seeing. And, you know, there's some cool stuff in these dreamscapes, but I feel like they went too long. Like, some of them were episodes, like a mm. whole episode long and especially that they introduce it it seemed a bit just sort of thrown in you're like oh what the shit is this what is what's this about are they is this a dream is it these different yeah. characters what's going on so they enter these dreamscapes there's like a, a espionage spy version mm-hmm. a lord of the rings version uh sort of a, a low ses bogan rednecky version yeah. and there was no like it was interesting but there was no direction we don't know what the characters would doing there was it was cool it was just kind of thrown there was no goal. in with no setup and you're like what's what's happening like they're dreaming and they're in this alternate reality i'm like are they them are they aware of their character are they looking for something like there was no it was a bit too vague there was no the direction purpose. it was all style over substance for me mm. Mm, i it? felt the opposite i felt like they were trying to put in substance at the sacrifice of the style of the 80s cool stuff so i think if they scaled those dreamscapes down to 40 percent of how big they were (laughs) it would have been really good um that part aside it's promised a lot of really cool themes that they introduced like mental illness loneliness addiction family pressure acceptance but doesn't really wholly deliver on any of these like they sort of talk about how they get these diagnoses or whatever but they don't delve into what that means for the character and they don't really address the themes that they introduce. So they sort of, you know, start off all these really interesting things. You're like, oh, that's going to be cool. How are they going to flesh this out? How are they going to address it? And how are they going to move forward? And they just don't really um, pull through on that. Um, but yeah, and, and like I said, the dreamscapes were interesting. Like They were interesting on their own, which was cool, but they just felt so disconnected um, as they were whole episodes at a time sometimes. So... Yeah, if they were made a lot smaller, I think that would have been really good. Uh, what I did really like about it is that besides being aesthetically really cool, is the show was actually surprisingly quirky. Like it had really quirky, funny bits in it that were really like displaced, but in a very pleasant way. Like I would call it very queer in the unusual sense. And this didn't stem from the leads. All the quirkiness came from the extra characters, like the surrounding characters. The mains were quite dull to me. Yeah, and and I think a lot of that is because of how they were written. They are meant to be quite subdued, depressed characters, but uh, as a result, they didn't exude depth. And that sucked because uh, it had so much promise with two great actors who I love, who are probably my top 10 actors. Who, you know, I love both of them so much. And on paper, they had a lot of depth. There was a lot of yeah, stuff there. a lot of stuff to use. And it was front and centre, but it just didn't resonate with me either. Yeah, they, they just didn't, uh, like I said, they didn't really deliver on the stuff that they were kind of 
promising, uh, which is a shame because, you know, Emma Stone's one of my favorite actresses and she would play me in my movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that part was kind of disappointing. Uh, but I do really love the, the quirky humor. And I, I don't really know how else to explain it. It was just really bizarre, but like it really tickled me. It was very so... funny. And I really liked the um, computer in it as well, how the computer had feelings. And it was all very, very interesting. And what I think is going to happen with this show is while I sort of feel mixed right now, I think when a bit of time passes and I forget the the bits that weren't so great, I'm going to really enjoy it retrospectively. Okay. Would you give it a watch? I'm going to say yes. Okay. For me, all the parts were cool. They'd set something up and I'd be like, oh, wow, I'd still get bored. Yeah. And I'd power through to the end. And because there was no drive, there was cool stuff and no direction. It needs to be two episodes shorter with the dreamscapes to be shorter, and it would have mm. been a great tight show. Then show wrapped up. I'm like, oh, maybe it's one of those post-show analysis shows where thinking about it's more fun than actually watching it. But then mm. after a quick perusal of the internet, that wasn't there either. So for me, 10 episodes, 40 minutes a clip, it's not a watch for me. No. Okay. Okay. Um, after the break, we're going to do our news headlines, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Welcome back. A few news headlines for us to finish out the day. Em, what have you got for me? A couple of things in the news at the moment. Um, So one thing that came out is the newest trailer for Crimes of Grindelwald has come out, which is exciting. Now, besides this bit just being exciting in itself, what we do see, which is very cool, is um, Nagini. You're familiar with Nagini? Um, The... I haven't followed this story. I've known Nagini the Snake very well yeah. from the OG tri- uh, trilogy, OG lot of books. Yeah. Which is um, what I'm saying, but you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. This is the snake. Yes, correct. This Voldemort's snake. Uh, now, what we see in this new trailer is, uh, and there's been a lot of theories kind of speculated about this before, is like, who's Nagini? What's Nagini's deal? Um, Where? Who speculated this? This is the first I've heard of this being anything other than a snake. That's because you're not on the Harry Potter internet circles. So, um, there's, but there's always been theories about, you know, is, was she a person? Was she an animagus? You know, blah, blah, Um, she is not, but she is a maledictus, which is, um, a blood curse carried from birth, uh, only in females. Um, so it's carried down through that. Um, and they're always a snake or they will no, become they, one? No, they just turn into an animal. Um, now, what happens is you can shapeshift at will at first, but eventually it becomes permanent. Animorphs rules. Um, yeah, and animorphs, if you stayed the animal too long, you were stuck as the animal forever. Yeah, I mean, uh, Maledictus, or Maledicti, <laughs> Maledicti, Maledictus. How good was animorphs? It was very good. Uh, but uh, no, it's not necessarily that rules, because you can still go back and forth. It's not how long, I don't think it's how long you spend as an animal. Uh, maybe it is, I guess we'll find out when we watch crimes of grindelwald um but anyway so that was really cool um so yeah that was uh, a really interesting bit of factual information and we know that she ends up becoming friends with um the weird kid what was his name do you remember tom riddle no well how do they meet how do these worlds cross well, over that's, that's much later in the future no um in the in uh, fantastic beasts what was the weird kid's name who was a Thingy. Anyway, they become friends. Newt? No. What weird kid? The bad kid, who wasn't really a oh, bad Flash. kid. Oh, Flash. DC Flash. Yeah, I guess. But do you remember the character's name? 
The character's name. No. Okay. Anyway, they become friends. Um, I thought he was a space ghost now. I thought he went over to the Lost Universe to be the smoke monster. The the movie's not out yet. I don't know what happens. I assume he comes back (laughs) or something. He got away, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. I think. Anyway, that aside, what is interesting um, about Nagini, which has caused some controversy, and not for the first time, like this new trilogy has been a bit of a shit show in terms of political correctness. Um, so they, they've they've gotten Nagini to be played by, um, and to be an Asian character, and played by a Korean woman. Um, now this is problematic for a few reasons. <laughs> Firstly, we have a person who's a minority is a pet of a powerful white man. Not cool. Um, second to that, well, not second to that, but additionally to that, um, she's also a circus freak. So we see in the trailer, Nagini's in the circus because she can tr- turn into a snake at will. And so, you know, they've also made her this freakish character. And on top of that, and as a part of that, and as well as because she turns into an actual, you know, reptile, it's also got this kind of awful stereotype of, you know, the mysterious dragon lady, Asian woman, and it's... Ugh. See, I'm not familiar with these stereotypes, so I was a bit surprised at the backlash of this one. I, mm. I don't know anything about this dragon lady sort of thing, and like, like, oh, she's a slave to a like a, a white character, but I'm like, that's the baddie. Yeah, they've got the slaves. What a dick, you know. I don't, I didn't quite get this one. Well, with that, yeah, with that perspective, you know, like, ah, this guy sucks, and ah, he sucks because he's got, you know, a woman of color as a pet, and so okay, with that angle, that makes sense. But um, but there's just been a lot of uproar about it, so um, that'll be interesting. I mean, it's it's hard to say how they're going to really show this until the movie comes out. Maybe it'll be in a way that makes sense somehow, but it's just a bit, like, oh, a Have little cringy. Did you read um, JK's tweet in response to that? Um, oh, probably. I read a lot of tweets about this. Oh, JK Rowling. Like, she... Are you going to tell me what she said? I don't remember what it was. I thought you had it covered. She explained the mythological background on why she made this decision i mean jk is aggressively progressive no no no. (laughs) she explained why uh nagini is a maledictus not an animagus no 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 she there was another one talking about the the why that race was chosen all right, well, I don't know. All right, All right um, no, I don't have it on the top of my head. Okay, okay. interesting. Uh, but When's the movie coming out? Uh, no, November something, probably. But uh, the other thing with that, too, is that she's also been criticized heavily for um, kind of making a mess of American history and how that sort of plays a part in this new universe. She's done a great job with British history and explains why people are of certain ethnicities in Britain, but she's done a, apparently a shitty job in America. I can't really comment to that because I don't really know American mm. history or the situation. Uh, but anyway, so that's that news. And that's the, November this year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That it's should be soon. good. I didn't mind the the last one. Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. I look, I mean, all this stuff is a bit like ugh, cringy, but I mean, I'm still going to watch it because it's the Potterverse and I'm, I'm just, I'm in it. So <laughs> I'm still going to watch it, but I'll, uh, yeah, it's sort of interesting seeing all these things happen. Okay, what else you got for me? Uh, that's about it in terms of my my Ooh, news. my turn. What, what news do you have? So they've just announced the PlayStation Mini, following the Nintendo footsteps of making mm. these mini consoles. Yeah. 
Um, and while it's great that everyone's getting in on this, PlayStation have a little bit of a problem that their exclusives back in the day weren't as compelling. Yeah, I've um, lost my list. Tekken was on there. But other than that, and they haven't announced all the games yet, but yeah. if you're leading with Tekken and some racer game, I don't know, you're not... You're not pulling me in. Mm. Um, I bet they got original Tomb Raider on there, though. That would be cool. Surely they'd have to. That wasn't an exclusive, though, so it's not licensed. Uh, so they only they can only stick the ones they're licensed for. I think fun. that's my understanding. Um, Nintendo patented the um, idea for a N64 Mini, mm. and I will line up around the street, pay all the money, whatever. I would do a lot to get an N64 Mini with all the OG... But we already have a 64 with all the games. So... But the controllers don't work. Any new controllers is the actual answer. Um, yeah. We're just, Nintendo, we just want new controllers. Yeah, if but you it, can if... just keep selling 64 controllers, we will buy them. And I don't know the rules with Rareware, but if they could stick Conker's Bad Fur Day on... Anyway, they can't because I think Microsoft owns them now. Yeah, but, you know, true. if they stick a two Zeldas, um, stick on Goldeneye, Perfect Dark, what a slam dunk. I'd pay 100 bucks for that. Doesn't Perfect Dark also belong to Oh, that's to also Rareware. Rareware. You're yeah. right. So I don't know the rules there. Um, so some good classics just wouldn't be on there. Yeah. Either way, Mario's, Mario yeah. Party, Smash Brothers. Yoshi Story. Yoshi. You'd be hooked Super Smash. up. But anyway, in the short term, mm. PlayStation Mini. So keep an eye out for that. 100 bucks uh, later in the year. and they Probably hoping, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, guess, hoping so. to announce a new game soon. The other one, which is big news for some, uh, Fortnite on PlayStation 4 has now decided to allow cross-play. Cross-play. And boo. Boo this man. We were keeping our own little universe and you're letting the Forza box and the Nintendo people into our world. <laughs> I don't play Fortnite. This has all just been a minor amusement for me. I, I played it a couple of times and I saw someone building their fortress and I'm like, I will never get that good, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> should give it a go again. You but, can um, remap the buttons so that um, it's easier to build while you're doing stuff. I've heard that's better. You can plug in a keyboard and do it properly, but I think that's not in the rules. But yeah, so they've been complaining about that for a while and now that's happening. So if I guess if you played it on PlayStation, I don't know how they would organize it but if you can have friends on other I'm consoles sure that's well that's like the but point, then how would it? you add them you can't add a xbox gamer tag to your playstation and be like oh let's have a teams with my friend on a switch well, and my I guess friend on an, an xbox an invite code or something yeah. uh, i mean there's got to be a way to do it because they're doing it <laughs> so yeah, yeah like you're allowed to play the other players but not i don't think they'll let you form teams and stuff so you could just randomly run into someone you know, but I don't mm. think it'll hit that level of organization. Anyway, no. big news for Fortnite players. Well, they're gonna because they're gonna be introducing it for other games. What games would you like to see cross-play on? None. Why? PlayStation for life. I don't want to play with those Forza boxes. I would like cross-play. I like arbitrary arguments yeah. <laughs> against something else. Um, I don't play enough online. You just want something to argue about. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> oh, I, I like. I love that. Like, I don't care, but I love that PlayStation's winning this generation because all the but they're all exclusives they're all sing, uh well they're all single player exclusives so mm. Mm. i would like to see um borderlands be next i know it's a bit of an older game now uh but maybe they'll introduce it for the next one um borderlands 3 
But you'd have the same problem because that's organized co-op and you couldn't add your Switch friend. I'm sure they're going to find a way to fix that. And like, there's going to, there's going to be a system for it. I think it's just having everyone in the same map. No, no, no. There'll be a way to, um, it'll be like through a link or through like a phone code or something like how other games. What phone code? No. You know, like with party games, like, um, Jackbox games, you know, you sort of log in on your phone. Maybe they'll do it through that way and that's how you'll make teams. Anyway, that's, uh something that we'll find out soon i guess but i really like to see borderlands because i've got a few friends who play on either xbox or on steam and it'd be cool to play with them borderlands 3 when it exists yeah that Hmm. would be very cool but that's all i have for news today you got anything else for me that's it i've got no more news and i guess that's where we'll wrap it up today so thank you for listening to this episode of Good Pop, Bad Pop on International Podcast Day. If you have any cross-platform games you would like to see, tell us. Tweet us at goodpop underscore badpop. Email us at goodpopbadpop dot podcast at gmail.com or find us at facebook.com forward slash podcast. Also tell us what's your favourite coffee on International Coffee Day and Podcast Day. And tell us your podcasts basic? and coffees. You can basic with them. Yes, do it. Pumpkin Slice. Join us. Good night.